Pilgrim Falcon Productions presents Y2K Redux Episode 3, Dawn of a Sleeping World The year 2000 has arrived and, as expected, brought the pestilences of the end of times. The artificial brains of computers cease to work and the pillars of the modern world are falling. Society will cease to function in a few days or weeks at the most. Humanity itself crumbles quickly. People are dropping like flies into unconsciousness. Only those who decide to awaken can seek a destiny beyond darkness. The path to clarity and light and the survival of a chosen few aims at the stars. Four months from now, on May the 5th, our solar system will experience a planetary alignment. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn will be positioned in a perfect line with the Sun. The Moon also will be lined up between the Earth and the Sun. This celestial event signals that the world we know will vanish to be replaced by a delusion that is nothing other than hell itself. In order to escape the dooming deception, the only way will be to transcend our worldly existence. The planetary alignment will serve as a once-in-a-lifetime conduit to reach the Pleiades Cluster, where a selected few can start anew. I'm Ezekiel, and I can show you the path before it's too late. Look for us, the millennial voyagers of York, at different parks around our metropolis, starting with the Toronto Zoo this Wednesday noon. The end of times has arrived, but humankind can persist and endure eternally in an astral paradise. Welcome to Toonie Radio's Y2K Nightly Show, live from Toronto to the world. The pre-recorded statement you just heard from the so-called Millennial Voyagers of York was delivered to our studios this afternoon. And after much debate, we decided to play it on air to let you, our dear audience, know all available information, which at the moment is very little. We do not condone or sponsor this group or its message, and we'll discuss about it in a few minutes. I'm Luke Marlowe, joined this Monday night by my co-host, Monique Toussaint. Such a pleasure to share this space with you, Monique. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. I'm happy to be here. So many of our colleagues in every type of media have not been able the last couple of days to communicate with their audiences normally. So it's an honor, a privilege, and a great responsibility to still be able to reach you tonight. By the way, I do have good news. The tape from the York Millennials was not the only thing delivered to us today. We also received a telegram. I had no idea the telegraph still existed. Nothing like 19th century technology to get in touch in the 21st century. Anyway, the telegram comes from our dear friend and colleague, Roxy Gibson, and says, I'm in Mexico City. No phone or flights out. Holidays cancelled. We'll ride bus to Texas and attempt Canada flight. Namaste. I'm glad that she's all right, but this means that Mexico experiences the same troubles as Canada at this time. Uh, Hopefully the situation in the States is better, so Roxy can get home soon. Roxy, if you're listening, please call us from the USA with an update. If the phone doesn't work, send us another telegram. Same thing goes to Nando and all of our other colleagues outside of the GTA. Let us know of the situation at your current location, and if the phone doesn't work, send us a telegram. 
In that regard, I would like to ask our engineer, Daksh Badami, what's the technical situation with our broadcast right now? Sure, Luke. Like most FM stations, we're not able at the moment to appear at our usual spot on the FM dial. So, for now, we'll only broadcast on short wave and use our call sign CKESSW. Plenty of engineers around the city try to resolve this situation as soon as possible for all of Toronto's media companies. It's quite a challenge since most telecommunications are down for the metropolitan area, and we can presume for all of Canada. Satellite, digital, microwave, and cellular communications are completely down. Most landlines in Toronto still work, but only for local calls. However, we're able to broadcast on shortwave without major issues. We'll continue to broadcast as long as we can, even if only on shortwave. Now, regarding the cause of all this, we must address the elephant in the room, or should I say, the bug? Yes, it's quite possible that the Millennium Bug has affected some critical computer systems and generated a worst-case scenario. Any idea when things will get back to normal, at least regarding broadcast media? No. For now, the public should continue to look for information and entertainment on shortwave, AM radio, and local VHF TV channels. How about computers? They were the first things to fail. My computer at home doesn't start properly. It goes into a blue screen and nothing else. I've heard the same thing from most people. My laptop works. Did you change the date in the BIOS, like Professor Morris advised? I did, though not because he said so. Why then? It's not something I'd like to make public but the license of a program I use for work expired some time ago. Too poor to renew the license. I changed the date of my laptop's BIOS so I could continue using the software. How long ago did that license expire? Sometime in 98. (laughs) The reason may not be the most exemplary, but I'm glad your computer still works. Have you checked the station emails? Yes. We have not received any emails in a couple of days, and we cannot send anything out. The whole internet is down. Wow. You can't connect anywhere? We could still connect to a BBS. What's that? A bulletin board system. A server connected to a phone line where you can exchange files and messages and join chat rooms and forms. So, like the internet? Yes, but hosted in a single server with a limited number of lines for simultaneous users. It could just be somebody's computer in a basement hooked up to a couple of phone lines. However, I'm not aware of any BBSs still running. If anyone in the audience has a BBS in Toronto, please let us know. I'll ask tomorrow in my interview at the Toronto Internet Exchange Point. I'll be there to find out as much as possible about what's happening right now to the internet and to computers in general. Excellent. So what do you make of this guy Ezekiel and his York Millennials, eh? I would love the opportunity to interview them. From what we heard in their press release, or manifesto, it would seem that they're an apocalyptical cult, and it worries me what Ezekiel says about leaving this worldly existence behind. Sounds like an invitation to mass suicide. For sure, that would be the wrong measure against whatever is happening. By the way, regarding this phenomenon of people falling asleep since Friday night, you taped something earlier today. Yes. I went this afternoon to Toronto's 911 command and talked to Janet Mulveen, the emergency management officer. Daksh, please play the tape. Playing. 911, what is your emergency? Hello, it's my wife. She's been sleeping for 17 hours straight. I can't wake her up. I don't know what to do. Have you made sure she's still breathing? Well, yes, she's just sleeping. But I'm concerned that she took pills or something because this isn't normal. I even threw some water on her face and nothing. Please, send someone to check her up. Sir, our first responders are all busy at the moment and there is a wait list. 
The earliest I could get paramedics to your address is in about five hours. Do you want to wait, or would you be able to take your wife to an emergency room on your own? Five hours? No, I can't wait that long. Okay, I'll drive her myself. I guess we don't pay enough taxes. 911, thank you for holding. What is your emergency? I just witnessed an accident. It didn't seem too bad, but the cyclist is unconscious. Do you have any visual contact with the victim right now? No, I'm calling from a payphone two blocks away. Mobiles are not working. What's going on? I've heard that many people are going to sleep and not waking up. Is it true? Is it a virus? Are we safe? I have no information, ma'am. The only way I can assist you is to send someone to the scene of the accident. You said it was a cyclist. Was anyone else involved? No, just a cyclist on Dufferin and King. Calls such as these keep coming incessantly at the Toronto 911 Command, which is the reason why we came here to interview Officer Janet Mulveen of Emergency Management. Hello, Monique, and hello again to all the listeners of Tooney Radio. How are you and everyone else here? We're exhausted, but doing our best to serve the people of Toronto. It's been a very hectic first few days of the year 2000. It has been very tough for us at emergency services to keep up with the demand for first responders' attention and the flow of patients into the city's hospital network. Can we talk about the death toll? There has been a number of accidents, transit, household and workplace, with a confirmed death toll as of now of 14 people. Every death is tragic, but these numbers for a city the size of Toronto should not be cause of alarm. How about the number of hospital admissions since the new year? That's been a puzzling challenge we've faced since Friday night. Our hospitals have admitted an unprecedented number of patients, about 400 thus far. Do they share common symptoms? Yes, most of them seem to be in some sort of coma. Has any of these coma patients died? I know of only a couple of confirmed deaths, and they seem to be by natural causes. What are the causes of this coma condition? We have no idea. As I said, it's been really puzzling. We've been interviewing family members, friends, and witnesses to figure out any connection between all these patients. It could be alcohol or food poisoning or a new street drug. And of course, although it seems unlikely, we cannot discard the possibility of bacterial or viral infection. Wouldn't that be an epidemic? Yes, if that were the case, we'd have an unprecedented epidemic on our hands. Our top epidemiologists are looking into it. But for now, it's just a possibility and people should remain calm. Just as a precaution, I'd like to urge citizens to minimize close interaction with other people and be very alert about their own health and of their loved ones. If it's some sort of bug, how is it transmitted? That's speculation for now. It could be anything. But one of the reasons we don't believe it's a bug is that none of the patients so far has fever. We're still trying to determine symptoms. Also, be very cautious about beverages and food. Do not consume anything that you're not familiar with, and perhaps avoid certain fresh produce like imported lettuce for now. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency investigates this possibility. Is this restricted to Toronto, or is it happening elsewhere? A colleague from Ottawa arrived this morning and told us about similar cases happening over there. And how about other countries? I was hoping you'd be the one to tell me about that, because we haven't been able to contact anyone beyond our province. It is normal protocol to contact other agencies and the World Health Organization. But because of the situation with the phones and the internet, we haven't been able to communicate with any of them. We even sent a courier to Buffalo, New York, but could not go through. The Americans have closed the border. Why would they do that? Are they afraid we indeed have an epidemic outbreak here in Canada? No, I don't think they're aware of what's going on here. 
I would infer that they currently have problems with their computers and thus cannot process passports and driver's licenses for now. Couldn't it be that the Americans are wary about terror threats? After all, the terrorist that intended to bomb the Los Angeles airport was a Canadian resident. Also, a few apocalyptical terror organizations threatened to do bacteriological attacks on the biggest cities in North America. Please do not suggest that what we're experiencing in Toronto is the result of a bacteriological attack. That's irresponsible. You said you don't know the cause yet, and that it doesn't seem to be a normal bug. Yes, but the last thing we need is to cause panic. The RCMP, of course, investigates those possibilities, and we share all information with them. As soon as we find out anything, we'll share it with the public. In the meantime, our priority is to focus on everybody that needs first responder or hospital care. Has any of those patients woken up? According to my latest information of the people we've admitted, no one has woken up so far. It's been less than 72 hours since all this began, so we expect that in the next day or so, some of these patients should wake up. Is there any estimate of how many more coma patients might be admitted in the following days? We're expecting the number to decrease. How so? If the cause was something that people consumed or were exposed to during the New Year's festivities, then the possibilities of exposure should have worn off by now. Unless it's viral. Let's hope and pray it's not. What happens if it is? It's not appropriate to speculate. But such a virus would spread on a scale we've never seen in Toronto, comparable only to the Hong Kong flu of 30 years ago, or the much worse Spanish flu of 80 years ago. Well, please keep us informed so we can let the audience know of any developments. Thank you, Officer Malvin. Cheers. This has been Monique Toussaint reporting from the Toronto 911 Command. Good job, Monique. What could you tell us about the mood at the emergency command? They were all very focused on their job, but it was clear that they were exhausted, especially by the frequency of the calls that simply didn't stop while I was there. As Janet said, hopefully soon, this situation will calm down. Perhaps we could talk to the RCMP about their investigations too, um, see if they are aware of these millennial voyagers of York or any other apocalyptical groups, their possible threats and agendas. Sure. I invite our listeners to stay tuned. We'll continue to follow this complex, developing story and present many relevant interviews in the upcoming nights. And to our foreign listeners, let me explain that the RCMP is the top federal police force in Canada, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Commonly known as the Mounties. So how about news outside of Toronto? Are you getting news wires now? Are faxes working? Just local faxes. So no, we're still not getting any news from beyond the GTA. I realized that our type of media is the best method to be in touch with people far away, other than telegrams. You mean shortwave radio? Yes. I'd like to invite other international stations to listen to us for updates on the largest metropolitan area in Canada, and we'll scan the waves as well to get information from other places. Great idea. I would even like to invite other stations that broadcast at the same time as us to get in touch. Perhaps we could have a joint broadcast and engage in a long-distance conversation. Does that sound feasible, Daksh? Yeah, no problem. By the way, I have Professor Morris on the line. Wow, patch him through. Hello, Professor. It seems you were right and the Y2K bug actually happened. Hello, Marlo. I'm not proud or happy for being right, but it seems I must tell you and everyone in Canada, I told you so, eh? How are you coping with it? I was more than ready for all this. Excuse me. Good evening, Professor Morris. I'm Monique Chisson. Uh, Good evening, Monique. 
We know you anticipated the technical effects of the Y2K bug, but I wonder if you foresaw the people falling asleep and if the two situations could be related in any way. Mm, no, I didn't anticipate all these sleepers, but I should have. The two issues are linked in regards to timing. When telecommunications and many other things that sustain the structures of civilization go down, it's the perfect moment to spread a health issue that will weaken society further and maximize the damage. Are you saying that this coma situation is premeditated? I wouldn't know that. What I'm saying is that it makes sense. It's the perfect moment for a pandemic to wipe us out. A pandemic? Do you know if this is happening in other places outside the province of Ontario? Yes. You're not the only ones receiving telegrams these days. I'm part of a worldwide scientific network with the mission of keeping each other informed by whatever means available. Can you tell us from which places you've received news? Mm, certainly. So far, from Montreal, Paris, London, Glasgow, Hamburg, Rotterdam, Madrid, New York City, Minneapolis, and San Francisco. I expect to get news tomorrow from other U.S. cities and Latin America. What are your colleagues saying? Have they got it as bad as Toronto? It seems to be worse. Most of the infrastructure in those cities is practically paralyzed. Some don't even have electric power or local telephony. What about people falling asleep? The European cities already have thousands of sleepers each. The U.S. cities are on the hundreds, like us. When did this start happening over there? I didn't hear anything about this sickness before Saturday. Well, like here, it started happening right after New Year's Eve. That doesn't sound normal for a pandemic, to have multiple simultaneous outbreaks. That's not my field of expertise. You'll have to ask Officer Mulveen. Yes, but if the timing is so specific, sorry, but it sounds like a coordinated attack. In theory, we don't know, and as Janet said, we must be weary of spreading panic or false news. Of course, but what's your take on that, Professor? I agree that it seems terribly coordinated. So, what can we do? Short of calling in the army to save us, what can our listeners around the world do? For now, it's a matter of survival and adaptation. I will try to find out more on my own and we'll keep you posted. What we need to understand is that the world we knew is not going forward. Whatever you pictured the world to be in the 21st century, you must now forget. We need to understand and adapt to our new reality and see how we can transcend it before everybody goes to sleep forever. And that's it for tonight's Y2K Nightly Show. Please tune in tomorrow, and remember that Toonie Radio keeps you company and informed in these strange times of the Y2K. Good night, Toronto. Good night, world. It's so good to hear you guys and finally have some information about what's been going on. Even with my shortwave radio, I haven't been able to find much updated information from anywhere. Oh, these days have been indeed too strange. <laughs> it feels like a dream, a bad one. I wish I could go back to the world I knew until a few days ago. It's been so reassuring to listen to tonight's broadcast from home and to Luke, Monique, and Daksh. I miss you guys, and I feel very lonely and insecure over here, especially with everything that's been going on. Tonight, I'm reporting from a sketchy motel in Reynosa, Mexico, close to the borderline with the United States. I'm still traveling with Eligio, the high school teacher and shaman that I met in Teotihuacan. Yes, we're still here, trying to get into the USA and unable to make a long-distance call. 
Thank you, Eligio, for everything. We meditated together a little while ago to the mantra beat of your Aztec drum, and it helped me place myself outside of this new reality, even if just for a moment. This morning, we returned to the border crossing to find out that the United States has closed its border. Yes, and there is no information about when it will reopen. Apparently, no time soon, and there's no way to talk to them. They're afraid of catching the condition that makes people fall unconscious, as if it came from Mexico. I overheard that the immigration agents were put in quarantine after one of them fainted. I can't blame them, as nobody knows what it is. If it's viral and contagious, then we can't be too optimistic about our own health after being near several people that fainted, and after touching that immigration agent. I miss my family, and I need to be back home to see them. I couldn't forgive myself if I arrived too late and couldn't see my mom before she falls into a coma like all these other people around the world. Worse yet, if I fall into a coma myself, so far away from home, it would probably mean death. <laughs> I had booked a vacation in Puerto Escondido and could just lie on a beach hoping for this to go away. But I'd rather return home. Tomorrow we will try something else. I have a distant cousin that owns a ranch near the border, and that may know another way to go through. There are many ways to go into the USA, and although I have never gone through that manner, they aren't leaving us more legal option. Hmm. Once we're able to cross, I'll still need to travel through the USA to get to Canada. I have no idea how long this will take me. Now, these recordings serve as a double function. Besides being material for our Toonie radio shows, they're also a document of our quest back home, in case we don't make it all the way. If I don't wake up tomorrow, Mom, I love you. And to my wife, Yolanda Melgar. Vieja, te quiero mucho. And one way or another, we'll meet again. To my colleagues and friends at Tuni Radio, keep doing what you're doing. People all over the world need you for information and for hope. This is Roxy, in light and love, and from the bottom of my heart, namaste. Welcome to the Quantum BBS. Please enter your username and password. Oh, that'll be Kenmo, my simple digital world alias. Right now is about 11.30 p.m., still January 3. I hadn't logged into this bulletin board in over five years. It had become almost obsolete when the World Wide Web appeared, but now it's probably the last digital fort standing in Toronto. <laughs> the fellows in the radio were right about this. Quantum BBS, command menu. Enter B for bulletins, C for chat, F for forums, L for libraries, M for messages, T for transfers, S for size up, U for user list, X to exit. Hmm, let's see what's in the forums. Forums, end of the world, dead computers, new order of things, which supplies to stock up on? Hmm. Banks keeping all the money. Hmm. Millennial Voyagers of York. Hmm. I'll try that one. Original post by Ezekiel. The mind is just a vessel in which our true self resides. We were once beings made of light, and we can return to that state of existence through the right process of self-discovery and awakening, which is the only way to escape the collapse of our civilization and technology. We're looking for other like-minded Voyagers to join us and help make this dream come true. I'll post dates and times for our gatherings. Please reply or send a message if you'd like to join us in this quest of achieving the ultimate potential of humankind before our collective consciousness fades into the end of times. 
In fact, we're at the dawn of a new reality. Everything becomes exponentially more confusing every passing day until suddenly it will feel normal and we may lose the drive to get away, even if we haven't fallen unconscious yet. I already thought everything was lost, but something about the OP's claims actually sounds hopeful. I have a hunch that science and these new age concepts intersect at some point. If I can understand it fully, then I could actually be able to transcend our limitations and our apparent imminent end. It is no coincidence that, while an incredibly simple bug has delivered demise to our machines, another mysterious bug is taking us down. Somewhere in the juxtaposition of computer and man lies a path for transcendence. Thus, as long as we can have an awake brain and at least some essential computing power, we can try to figure it out. New message in inbox. Hmm. For a spiritual fellow, this Ezekiel seems very well connected to technology, even when most of it isn't working anymore. Let's hear your message, Ezekiel. Hello, Professor. It's an honor that you've reached out to us. In fact, several of us in the group know you, as we were students of yours a few years ago. You probably don't remember me. I didn't go as Ezekiel back then. As strange as it may sound, you were the one that opened our eyes to see our reality and explore for a path of transcendence, looking both within our minds and into the vast universe beyond. It would be fantastic of you to join us on Wednesday at the Toronto Zoo by the orangutan enclosure at noon. Until then, I wish you the fondest farewell. All right, Ezekiel. You have my attention. Perhaps by joining forces, we'll be able to figure the way out of this crumbling world of Y2K and its bugs. A new chance at life, just for the chosen, awakened few, that we'll choose ourselves. Exit Quantum BBS. Goodbye. Y2K Redux is an original audio drama created by Eduardo Soto Falcón, produced by Pilgrim Falcon Productions, with the financial support of the Region of Waterloo Arts Fund. Performed by James Kenneth as Luke, Emily Scully as Roxy, Jeffrey Carl as Kenneth, Genaro Vasquez as Eligio, Philomena Sherwood as Monique, Julie C. Shepard as Janet, Manny Baines as Daksh, Matt Clark as Ezekiel, Nathaniel Azevedo as Computer Voice, Denise Gismondi as Dispatcher, Elizabeth Bernal and Wayne McCracken as Various Voices. Written and directed by Eduardo Soto Falcón. Original music by Steve Lehman. Original Mexican music by Alejandro Giacoman. Also Sprach Zarathustra by Richard Strauss. Sound design and editing by Eduardo Soto Falcón. Production assistance by Wayne McCracken. Location assistance by Paula Avila. Recorded at Kitchener Waterloo Little Theatre, 44 Gockel and Hefner Studio. Special thanks to Matt and Aunt Walsh and Artsville, Ontario. The director gratefully acknowledges the financial support of the Region of Waterloo Arts Fund. Please visit artsfund.ca for further information. Produced by Pilgrim Falcon Productions, Inc. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. www.pilgrimfalcon.com